Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Please be seated in heavenly places. Amen. You are all welcome to church tonight. Wow, to be asked to preach over Easter. And with that kind of introduction, your tummy gets to rumble a bit. Because um, I trust God. Holy Spirit, we are together in this. Lead me, I will follow. Amen. Amen. It's just good to see you all in the house of the Lord. Easter for me is very, 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 um, I don't know how to call it, but it's a very emotional time for me, Easter. Because I remember the day I gave my life to Christ like it was yesterday. When I gave my life to Christ, it was a crossover into the new year. So you can imagine when Easter came, I think Easter came a bit earlier. So it was around March when my first Easter came. And it has always been an emotional time of the depth of God's love. So today, the theme of the conference is no greater love. But my subtitle is the depth of God's love. I've only got 40 minutes and God, I pray that he'll give me grace to, 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 to deliver what he gave me um, through his message. Yesterday, um, I was just going through my notes and it felt like I was sitting for the very first time preparing and I was just writing and I was weeping, I was writing, I was weeping, I was writing and, and God was just, it was like a two-way conversation. God was just showing me the scriptures and, and I mean, if you read my notes, my, my husband loves to read my notes. I, I nearly wrote about five pages. So God give me grace today that I'll be able to, to digest what I'm, um, this is fresh from yesterday because God changed it all. But yesterday he was just, I was just weeping because God loves us so much. Amen. I like the song that says, like a rose trampled on the ground, he took the cross and thought of me above all. Amen. So he was like a rose trampled on the ground. He took the cross. Every time somebody sent me that, message, that song today, and every single Easter, that is my song that, that, that just takes me into the depth of God's love. So I trust that God will give you grace to, to, to listen what the Spirit is saying to the church at this minute. Amen. Father, thank you for today. We thank you for your word becoming flesh among us. Father, it's not me who is speaking. Holy Spirit, I'm just following Lead me as I speak to your people in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The book of John chapter 15 verse 13. The Bible says, we know the theme of this conference is no greater love. The Bible says in John 15 13, um, please have your notebooks because some of the scriptures I'll just be reciting them and so we can flow. Amen. Bible says John 15 13, greater love had no man than this that he laid down his life for his friends. Amen. No greater love than this. A man laid down his life for his friends. Amen. Jesus calls us friends. What a privilege to be called a friend of Jesus. Amen. Greater love than this. There's no greater love than this that somebody will lay their life down for us. Amen. So Jesus is love personified. If you want to know about love, Look at the life of Jesus. He is the expression of God's love. Amen. The book of John chapter 3 verse 16, we know the scripture that for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever shall believe in him will not perish, 
but will have everlasting life. Amen. So I don't know if you want everlasting life or you want a life in the temporary, but if you want everlasting life, connect with Jesus. Amen. He gives us everlasting life. Amen. So Jesus and God, you know, it was a joint decision. Jesus was not held at a ransom to say, you go and die for these people. He agreed as well to say, I will die for these people. I will die to show them how much I love them. But before Jesus came to the scene, God already walked this walk before. He already did a preliminary. You know, when, when, when a movie is about to be launched, they do what we call a preview of the movie. So a preview, you'll see the glimpse of what's going to happen in the movie, the end of the movie. And then you think, oh, I'd like to be part of, I'd like to watch this movie. It looks really good. You'll have a few clips that will come up of the movie showing you what the movie is going to be all about. Amen. So God in the Old Testament went through the whole of this walk which Jesus was going to, to walk. This is why God showed me yesterday that I already walked this walk before in Genesis, before even Jesus showed up. Amen. So I'll show you the walk that God walked. Genesis chapter number 22. Amen. So if we read that quickly, Genesis chapter 22, we read from verse 1 to 18. It's a very long scripture, but hopefully I can read as quick as I can. Amen. Have you got your Bibles? Are you in Genesis chapter 22? Amen. We all know the story of Abraham and Isaac when he was about to sacrifice him. Now it came to pass after these things that God tested Abraham and said to Abraham, Abraham, and he said, here I am. Amen. We remember last week who is I am is God. So here I am, Lord. What can I do for you? Amen. So he said, take now your son and your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains, which I will tell you. Abraham rose early in the morning and settled his donkey and took two of his young men with him, Isaac and his son, and, he, and the split of wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to a place which God had told him. Then on the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place far off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here while me and the lad go yonder and worship and we will come back to you so Abraham took the wood and the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac his son and he took the fire in his hand and the knife and two of them went together but Isaac spoke to Abraham his father and said my father and he said here I am son I am and he said look the fire and the wood but where is the lamp for the burnt offering? And Abraham said, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the two of them went up together. So they came to a place which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad and do anything to him. For now I know you fear God, since you have not withheld your son, 
your only son from me. Praise God. We will carry on in a minute. Amen. So we can see here the story of Abraham um, being tested by God. So God tested him. And I believe God didn't actually know that the test, Abraham will pass the test. So when God tested Abraham, he said, Abraham, take your son, your one and only son. And we know that God had his one and only son, which was Jesus. So we're just going to go parallel with this. So God, God had a son called Jesus. Abraham had a son called Isaac. So they were all going to go this walk with him. God was doing a preview to see if, I will see if men can do this. Amen. So he said, take now your son, your only son whom you love. The Bible says, for God so loved the world. So I, Abraham, take your only son that you love. Your one and only that you've waited for years for. He was 100 years. And now God is expecting him to take this one and only son and take him and sacrifice him to God. Wow, what a test. Whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and sacrifice him there for a burnt offering on one of the mountains that I will show you. So they went, amen. So Abraham was asked to take wood with him and um, the fire for the burnt offering and he was asked to go to the mountain, Moriah, to sacrifice him. So the wood that Abraham was carrying symbolizes the wood that the son of God was going to die on. So Abraham carried wood. God thought, how am I going to sacrifice my son? I'm going to put him on the wood. So he went to Mount Moriah to sacrifice his son. Amen. You can imagine what was going on in the heart of Abraham. He didn't tell Sarah this was a, a secret move. Sarah has no clue. She's cooking. She's singing in the house. No clue that his son is about to be sacrificed. Abraham might come home without this son. He has, she has no clue. Probably she says, prepare a meal for me. When I come back, I will eat and enjoy and sit down as a family. I'm just coming back. He didn't tell him where he was going, but he was on a mission that was ordained by God. He was obeying the voice of God. Sometimes obeying the voice of God, you will go through those shaky moments of, of, of uncertainty, not knowing whether, am I on the right path? Is this God or is this not God? This, this, this thing that God is asking me is too much. This thing that God is putting me through is too much, but God wants your one and only son to prove how much you love him. Amen. So Abraham went. The Bible says in verse, so Abraham rose up in the morning and settled the donkey and took and arose and went to a place which God had told him. Then on the third day, verse four, Abraham lifted his eyes and saw the place far off. And Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey and the lad. I will go and worship. So Abraham took the wood and along the way, the son is asking, my father, here is the wood, but where is the lamb? That's a big question to be asked. When you don't even, you're not sure what you are doing, how you're going to manage it. And Abraham being a man of faith, God will provide himself a lamb. Amen. God will provide himself a lamb. Amen. This is why this year, our year of faith, you cannot just speak 
anyhow. Even if you are deep in the middle of a situation, God will provide himself a lamb. Amen. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. Amen. So this year we just speak by faith just like he did. God will provide him. He didn't see any sheep around. He didn't see anything that smells like sheep. He didn't see anything that looks like a sacrifice he can sacrifice. But he said God will provide himself a lamb. Amen. And Abraham said, my son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So verse 9 says, they came to that place which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar and placed the wood in order. And he bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar. And Abraham stretched out his hand and took a knife to slay his son. So Abraham was prepared. He laid the wood. That was the cross. He laid his son on the wood. That was Jesus on the wood. He took a knife to slay his son. And that was the beating Jesus was still about to go through. But when God saw how willing, because the Bible says he sees the intents of the heart. He knew that Abraham is just about to do this. He sent the angel of the Lord to, to dismiss the whole thing. Amen. And then the angel of the Lord said in verse 11, Abraham, Abraham, he said, do not lay your hand on the Lord or do anything to him. For now I know you fear God, since you have not withheld your son and your one and only son from me. Amen. Praise God. That was a tough test. I'm not sure if I would have passed it. You know, if I were Abraham and I'm just about to, to slay my son, but he passed it. And God marveled. God marveled at the obedience of Abraham to say, oh my God, he is human. Remember, Abraham didn't even have the Holy Spirit, just like us, which will probably prepare you and say, you know what, something's about to happen. He did not even have that, but the obedience that he, he had the voice of God and he moved. Amen. So this was the preview that happened in, in Genesis. God playing this and seeing if, you know, I'm going to give my one and only son to die for the world. But Abraham is already, I can see Abraham nearly doing it. And I, I can't afford for him to do it because then it will cancel the redemptive plan. If Abraham had laid his hand on, on Isaac, the redemptive plan would not have been, it would have not come alive. You and me would not have been saved because we were only going to be saved through the son of God, not through the son of Abraham, amen. If he carried on and slay his son and offered him as a burnt offering, it means it's an offering far beyond what God wanted to give. God was the only one whose blood was worthy for us to be redeemed by. So this is the preview of what happened. This is why when we read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation, it reveals the life of Jesus. It reveals the life of Jesus through the scriptures. So what Abraham went through is what was going to happen in the New Testament. Amen. So because of his obedience, the Bible says, the angel came back and says, do not lay your son. There is a lamb caught in the thicket. So Abraham sacrificed that lamb. So God makes a provision after obedience. 
Only after we have obeyed his word, he makes the provision. So the provision is already there. He didn't see the lamb caught in the thicket, but because he obeyed God, the provision then manifested in the physical. Praise God. So there is provision already available for you. What is it that you need to obey God with? What is it that you need to hear God saying behind you, walk here. This is the way that you should go. Praise God. Amen. So Moriah was like Gethsemane for us. So he, he, he went to Mount Moriah and Jesus went to Gethsemane to die for, for us. Amen. When Isaac asked the word, where is the lamb? Amen. I can see everything else. The wood is here. Everything is ready. But where is the lamb? It was symbolized to when Jesus was on, on, on Mount Gethsemane, when things were really getting tough. And he said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabathani. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It was similar to that because you know, everything was ready. The wood was there. The, the cross was there. You know, God, can you deliver me from this cross? Same thing, Isaac asked, where is the lamb? You know, after that, he sacrificed, Abraham sacrificed the lamb, and God was pleased with that. And then the angel came back the second time, and that's when the angel pronounced a blessing to Abraham that you and your descendants after you, you will be blessed exceedingly. Amen. So if we read in verse... Um, Number 13, then Abraham lifted his eyes and looked behind him. It was the ram caught in the thicket. So Abraham went and took and offered it up for a burnt offering. And Abraham called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. This is why we have Jehovah Jireh. Amen. And he said, in this mountain, it shall be provided. Then the angel of the Lord called to Abraham the second time and said, by myself, I have sown says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son, blessing will I bless you. Multiplying will I multiply you. And the descendants as stars of heaven and the sand in, on the seashore and your descendants shall possess the gates of their enemies. In your seed, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So Abraham returned to his young and then arose and together they went back home. Amen. After he received the blessing. Wow, that was close. He nearly sacrificed his son Isaac. Amen. So today, my, the, the, the message that I want to is the depth of God's love. How deep is this love for God, amen, that he has for us? There are ways that you know how much somebody's love is so deep, amen. The one question that you can ask yourself, how deep is this person's love is, what will it cost him? What did this love cost him, amen? What did it cost God to sacrifice Jesus? What did it cost him to sacrifice him, amen? He was his one and only begotten son, amen. So, you know, a friend can sacrifice, you know, if they say maybe you are sick, they can say, oh, okay, I'll sacrifice time and come and spend time with you. I can sacrifice money and give you so you can be well. You know, sometimes if you have to go through transplant, some people say, for instance, I can sacrifice one of my organs so that you can live. But for God, he sacrificed his whole son, his life, his youthful life, was cut short just for us. This is what it cost him for him to save us. This is how great his love for us is. He sacrificed his one and only begotten son so we can come into the kingdom. Amen. 
So God invested in just this one person, Jesus Christ. But trust me, today he's still reaping the rewards. Every time somebody gives their life to Christ, the rewards are still pouring. The seed is still speaking. He is still reaping the harvest from that just one soul, that just one son of his that he laid. And he is getting many more sons. So he just doesn't have one son now. How many does he have? We cannot even count them. Just through that sacrifice of that one son. Amen. So there's so many things that in our lives will start with just a sacrifice of one thing. And it will lead to many more. It will lead to many more. Sometimes you are working one job, two jobs to raise money to do this. But just that sacrifice will open many, many doors. We understand it's our week of open doors as well. So one sacrifice will open many, many doors. Just one act of obedience. Amen. Amen. So with Jesus, what does it cost him? The Bible says he was perfect and sinless. 1 Peter 2.22, it tells us that he committed no sin. There was no deceit that was found in him. So it, it cost him a perfect, sinless son to die on the cross for us. How great is that love, amen. It cost Jesus his life. Jesus was only 33 when he died. He was in the prime of his life, amen. He was in the prime of his life. He had things to look for. He was not even married. A lot of people say, oh, Jesus was not married. But how can he get married? He was still 33. He was in the prime of his life. He was just probably going to look around and find a woman to marry, just like all his peers were doing. But he had to lay his life down for us so we can have a future, so we can give our lives to Christ, so we can have future, a future in heaven, so we can be seated in heavenly places so we can have a victorious life, so we can walk in victory, so that sickness would not come near us. Amen. He had to lay his life down. His ministry was only three years. Jesus had only three years ministry. Solution, how long have we been here for? Eight years, we're going to our ninth year. Amen. So we, we've lived in ministry life, we've lived beyond Jesus. He only had three years to be effective, powerful, lay his life down for somebody to receive salvation. If he did not lay his life down, I would not be saved. You would go back to your life and think, I, I won't be saved because there would be no powerful blood that can wash and cleanse our sin. Amen. The Bible in John 10, 18 says, no one takes my life from me. I lay it down of my own accord. This was Jesus. He says, no one is forcing me to do this. I'm laying my life down in, at my own accord. At my own accord. Jesus is laying down his life for me, for you, for the future, so we can have this life. So what, does it, what did it actually cost him when he was going through to the cross? The Bible says in, in, in Isaiah 53, from verse 5 to 12, he was wounded for our transgression. Along the way, he was wounded for my transgressions. The sins I committed in the past, God had to allow him to be wounded for my transgression. He was bruised for my iniquities. He was chastised for my peace so that I would live a peaceful life, so that I can have a, 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 an enjoyable sleep, sleep in peace. 
He was chastised so that I can have peace. Amen. He had to take some stripes for me so that by his stripes, I am healed. I was healed. I am walking in health because of what he did. He sacrificed. He took those 39 lashes on his body that broke his skin open and he bled. And only one thing he had in mind as he was going through that is redemptive power just for the redemption of those who are coming behind me. Amen. He was made poor so that I can be rich. So being rich is, is not a sin. Jesus already was made poor so that I can walk in riches. I can walk in wealth. So if you are wealthy, don't feel bad about it. Enjoy it. If you are doing well in life, don't feel bad about it because Jesus paid the ultimate price that anybody can work. He was rejected. He was despised. He was spat on. He was, he was ridiculed. He was pierced. He had a crown of thorns in his head. He was bleeding. He was pierced on his side so that you and me through his blood, we can approach the throne room of grace to obtain mercy at the time of need. This is why our blood is not worth anything. I can take my blood now and I say, oh, through my, you, can, you can buy my blood because when you buy my blood, you are healed. No, it took the blood of Jesus. This is why when you approach the throne room of grace, we do not approach it in our own physical self because we are not worthy. He is the only one worthy. The blood, the blood of the lamb is the only one. That is why the, the, the Bible says our sins are, 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 are as filthy rags before him. But because of what he did, we can come through his blood. Say, thank you, Lord, for what you did through your blood. Thank you, Lord, for the victory I have. Thank you, Lord, for victory I have through the, for the sickness that I have. Thank you that I am victorious. Through your stripes, I am healed. I was healed. When you took those stripes for me, you made me whole. Amen. That is why the Bible says in Revelation 5, who is worthy to open the scroll? There is no one worthy. The Bible says when you read through Revelation chapter 5, there is no one worthy either in heaven, on the earth, and under the earth. No one was worthy to open the scroll except the Lamb of God. Amen. Except the Lamb of God. Amen. Praise God. So the second thing about the depth of love, of, of God's love, we have to ask yourself, the first thing that I said is ask yourself, what did it cost God to sacrifice his son? The second thing is you look back and you think, I did not deserve it. I did not qualify for it, but he did it for me. Look back into your life before you gave your life to Christ. The Bible says in, 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 in Romans 5, 8, but God commanded his love towards us in that while we were, we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He died for us when we were still sinners. You can imagine he died for you when you were back in your old life. He still died for you because he believed in what you have. Amen. And when you gave your life to Christ, the Bible says in Isaiah chapter 43, verse 25, I even I am who blots out your transgressions for, for my sake, and I remember your sins no more. Even I who blots them out, and I remember them no more. 
So when you give your life to Christ, this is why the Bible says, behold, all things have become new. The old is gone. The new has come because he's blotted them out. So if you, if you go and resurrect your sins you used to do in the past, it means you are actually extracting it from the tissue that he blotted them out with. You are draining it out and say, oh no, I need them. I need them back in my life. But he blots them out and he remembers your sins no more. Wow. Remember the bad habits, the bad tempers, the rejection, feeling unloved. He blots them all out. The bad habits that we used to do when we were still un unsaved. An unfulfilled life, a broken life, a, a sick body. He blots them all out. This is why we cannot go back to our old life. This is why if we go into a nightclub, we stick out because it's dark in there and we've already received the light. So light and darkness, they don't mix. So you'll go and stand in the corner and, and feel like I don't belong here anymore. Why, why am I here? You will go in there. They want to get down on it. But you, you want to get down on your knees. So it, it just doesn't match. They want to get down on it. You want to get down on your knees. And it's a wrong environment. So you have to get out of there. This is why the yoke, you, you have to be equally yoked with a believer. Not with non-believers. Don't be equally yoked with non-believers because they want to get down on a different level and you want to get down on your knees. So those two don't mix. So you have to depart from darkness and follow the light that you have received. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. And the third thing that Jesus, that God did for us, what did I say the first one was? You have to, to understand the depth of God's love. You have to check what did it cost him? What did God pay for me? If you are in a place where you have forgotten what God has done for you, sit down with a piece of paper. Go back years back. Remember 12 years ago, 10 years ago when you were not born again. Write what you used to do. On the right column, write what you are doing now. What is better? Was your previous life better or this life is better? So check them out. Check them out. Amen. Amen. The third thing that reminds us of the depth of God's love is that he left a will for us. Anybody who loves you, you'll be in their will. Who loves you, who is close to you, who you want to, his life to or her life to be changed, you'll put that person on your will. My husband, my children are in the will without a shadow of doubt. So God, through his love for us, he decided, I'm going to leave you a will. The Bible says, Jesus said, I will not leave you alone. I will leave you a comforter who will teach you all these things that I've been teaching you. The comforter will be there with you. Because he knew that there are times when you'll have to walk the walk alone. Go to the doctors alone. Face the lawyers alone. Deal with some things alone. Deal with your debts alone. He said, I'll send a comforter who will be with you. But you will not just have the comforter, but you will have a will 
that will reveal the things that I have for you. So don't be that woman that we've had many times a story about who had a will for a million pounds which was passed on to her by her employers when they passed on and she took it and she framed it on the wall. Don't be that Christian that frames the Bible under your pillow. Don't be that Christian who frames the Bible to decorate your lounge, your bedroom, next to your bedroom, and never open the wheel. You live through your whole life, your whole Christian life, without opening a Bible. The only time you open the Bible will be in the house of the Lord. So in this Bible, I don't know how many promises I can tell you are exactly here. I cannot count them. Because they are personal. I cannot even count them for myself because I'm still discovering them. But in this will is the things that you are looking for day in, day out. In this will are the things that will bring you comfort that you are looking for in other things. In this will is your future. If somebody tells you, I've got a land for you. I've got a house for you. It's written in this will. Will you read this will? Of course you will. If, if God said, I've, I've hidden 10 billion pounds in this book. Your thing to do is to search it. And you will get to that point where it says, here it is. Will you search this book? Without a shadow of doubt. If there was that one solution you need for your marriage, that you've been phoning your friends, speaking to your colleagues, if God said the solution you need is here, you've gone everywhere else, but you haven't gone to your will to see what I've written concerning you, will you sit down and make time for this will? Of course. Because everything is written in the will. Every will that is here equals your breakthrough. The one you discover equals your breakthrough. The one you believe equals your breakthrough. The one that comes, this is why last time I spoke, I spoke about the Rema word and the Logos. The Logos is what I've just read to you about Abraham. Yes, Abraham did this, took his son to Moriah. Maybe to some, I'm just reciting a story. But for me, yesterday, when I read it, it was a, a proper rhema word. I could see God going through this. I could see him taking me step by step to what he did for us on the cross. I could see the benefits of what he did for us. So this is how God wants us to live victorious life. If we don't read the will, we will walk in in, 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 in the negative, I won't even tell you what. If you read it, you will walk in the victory of the word. The word will become tangible. The word will become practical. It takes just one word from the Lord to break through. Amen. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 9 from verse 16 to 17 as we prepare to close. Amen. Hebrews chapter 9, 16 to 17, the Bible says in 
the case of a will. Amen. In the case of a will, it is necessary to prove the death of the one who made it. Because a will is in force only when somebody has died. It never takes effect while the one who made it is living. Is Christ living among us? Okay, let's start again. <laughs> Amen. For a testament is in force after the men after men are dead. Since it has no more power, all the while the testator lives. So does our testator still is living here on the earth? I know he's in your heart. Forget that part that says Christ is in you. But physically, is Christ among us? Physically, no, I like that. Spiritually, yes. But physically, no. Physically, he's not with us. So he is a testator. So if Jesus was still alive, the will will not come into effect. We will, we, we will read the word, but it won't come into effect yet. But now that the testator is dead, Jesus is dead and buried and gone, is seated at the right hand of the father. Now the will comes into effect. We understand? It comes into effect. So it means the only thing he left us is the will. Yes, Jesus is in our heart. That is by no, no doubt. He's in our heart. But he left us a will to live by. Amen. So this is what we're holding on. He reveals himself day after day. In this year of, 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 of faith, in this month of persistent faith, just dig in the scriptures. Whatever you are believing God for, I don't know what you are believing God for, there is a solution for everything. There is no problem that no one has ever not encountered in the Bible. There is no one who has not gone through what you are going through in the Bible. So if you want to know what they did, how they came out of it, read the word. Praise God. Praise God. Finally, you know when, when, when you were born, you were already chosen. The Bible says we were chosen before the foundations of the earth. In Jeremiah chapter 1, he says, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you. So God knew you even before you became a Christian. He already, it, it doesn't just say I knew you, but it says I sanctified you. So you were sanctified before you became a sinner. So when you were a sinner, you were just on your way to your destiny. But obviously it had to come through a different way. But God already formed you. He knew you. He knew the number of hairs you have in your head. He's written your, your, your name in the palms of his hand. This is how important you are to him. Never look down on yourself. Remember the depth of what he paid for you. The extent he went to Calvary just for us. He could have chosen to say, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabathani, I'm not going there. I'm sorry. It, I thought I would go, but I'm not going. But he still endured the cross to the dying on the cross so that you and I will have eternal life. 
you and I can have direct access to the Father. You and I can have unlimited access to God. When the veil tore in Calvary, the Bible says it tore from, from top to bottom and it made access for us. There is no thing you cannot approach God about. There is nothing that is hidden before God. He knows what is keeping you awake at night. He knows what is worrying you. He knows what sends your heart into palpitations. He knows when, when you are anxious about something, yet your physique doesn't show that you are anxious about anything. He knows everything about us. So why don't we approach this God and sit at his feet and discover what he has for us? He has great and mighty things that we do not know about. That is why the Bible says we must search the scriptures. For deep calleth unto deep. The deeper you go, he will lead you to the next level. The deeper you go, he will lead you to the next level. So as you dwell in him, my prayer is that God will reveal himself to you. My prayer is that you would know this Christ who died for you. My prayer is that you would know the sacrifice that he went through in Calvary just for you. You will not live an ordinary life because you are not an ordinary person. You are here because you are an extraordinary person. The plans he has for you are of good and not of evil. To bring you to a desired end. If where you are is not desirable, the plans he has for us is to bring us to that desirable land. So persist in faith. Persist in faith until you get to a desirable end. Amen. Did you receive it tonight? Did you receive it tonight? Amen. Amen. Please be on our feet as we prepare to close. Amen. He's a faithful God. Like a rose trampled on the ground, he took the fall and thought of me above all. Crucified, crucified, lay behind the stone. He lived to die, rejected and alone, like a rose, trampled on the ground. He took the fall and thought of me above all. Father, we thank you. Holy Father, we thank you for what Jesus did for us to redeem us. To redeem us from this life of curse into a life of blessings. Father, we are grateful for your redemptive power over our lives. We give you all the glory. We give you all the praise. We are grateful for the love that you have shown us. Father, help us to show this love to somebody else. Father, help us to love others as you have loved us. We thank you for the same level of love that is impacted on us. Father, we thank you for the level of love. L let us be willing to love others, oh God. We thank you for what you did for us on the cross. We are grateful for the redemptive power. 
Thank you for redeeming us from the life of evil into a life of victory. We give you all the praise. We magnify your name, Lord. Amen. Tonight, if you want to give your life to Christ, this is the right time to give your life. If you have backslidden and have not been walking with God right, God wants to make things right. Don't worry about who's looking. Don't worry about anybody who's near you. This is the moment, this is the time of remembering that he loves you. No matter how deep you have fallen, no matter what you have done, no matter where you are, he loves you with an unconditional love. So tonight, if you want to give your life to Christ and want to rededicate your life to Jesus, I just want you to show it by a show of hand. Does anybody want to come in to rededicate their lives? If you have fallen along the way, if you have walked with God right and now you have backslidden, something is confusing you of, about this love. You experienced the love in the beginning, but now something is taking this love away from you. If you are that person tonight, God is calling you. He says, come. Even I, I blot those sins. I blot them out and I remember them no more. Anybody wants to give their life to Christ? I believe we are all good. Amen. I mean, we are all good. Amen. Let's celebrate Jesus for a life of victory, for a life of freedom, that we are all heading to heaven. Amen. We all have an eternal life ahead of us. Amen. Praise God. Let's just appreciate God for his word. Father, we thank you. We give you all the praise. We glorify your name, Lord. Holy Spirit, thank you for being our teacher. We give you praise. We give you glory in Jesus' name.